0: They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Broadcasting live from
1: our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Dean. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Land of Grinders. Uh, you're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, a student voice here to DePaul Blue Demons. My co-host, Miko Lewis Jr., couldn't be here today. Um, he had th- th- things to do. It's okay. We still love you, Miko. Well, me- well you're you're here in soul and in spirit, so that's all we need. Um, so it's just me today. My name is Steven Ross. Uh, before we get this show started, I want to give a shout-out to the University of Illinois. Uh, we are DePaul, but we have a good friend named Zach Taylor of the show who goes to school there. Uh, all Big Ten outfielder this year. Uh, they are actually playing in the NCAA Tournament. There's a, it's a regional going on uh, this Friday on ESPNU. They're playing Clemson at 3 o'clock. Uh, so best of luck to University of Illinois, but let's get into the show. So starting off, uh, we're going to get into a little NBA stuff. Um, we had the first ever five-star prospect in college basketball go overseas, and we're going to get into a little bit of the NBA Finals. But first... There was a report that came out today that the Rockets' general manager Daryl Morey is shopping everybody on the roster, including James Harden and CP3. And that that's what's going to get it. That th- this is this was a surprise to me because, you know, you you have this amazing roster in the Houston Rockets. James Harden, who averaged 36 points per game this year, um, all out, almost, maybe back to back MVPs if Giannis doesn't get it. Uh, but this looks like what Daryl Morey's doing in a case of what the rap, the Raptors general manager did with DeMar DeRozan last year. He's saying that these guys can't get past the golden state warriors. And everyone thought they were going to do it these past two years. Um, we were surprised this year when they got completely, they fell flat on their faces. Uh, so as far as the Houston Rockets go, I, I think Daryl Morey's kind of saying, you know, it's time to move on. Uh, it, it's time to blow this thing up. And what, it's going to take a lot to get James Harden. Uh, I mean, this guy is, this guy is all world. We know that, uh, he's simply amazing. So what, what, what teams will kind of look for James Harden is what I'm thinking. You know, you got, you got the Los Angeles Lakers who are in absolutely turmoil, who, I'm, what I'm going to get to next, uh, or in a, in a couple segments, but they, they could use a player like James Harden. You know, they need someone else, uh, as far as scoring and, and just another superstar in general. Um, uh, and we saw Magic Johnson last year offer almost everybody on the on the roster to get this guy. Uh to get Anthony Davis, sorry. So James Harden, I mean, it, it, he's got Daryl Morey's got two people that are owed seventy eight million next year between Chris Paul and James Harden. I mean Chris Paul's gonna be thirty six year old thirty six years old next year, making I I believe thirty six to forty million. Uh and I mean you don't want a guy that's thirty six years old, the starting point guard who doesn't even play the entire season. Who is going to sit the, sit out most of the games and and make up half of your team's uh, salary cap or at least a quarter of it? And between these two guys, I mean, this is a big hunk of change that both of these guys are owed. So for Daryl Morey, I mean, moving to Chris Paul is going to be definitely really tough. Uh, but if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm I'm definitely starting to field offers. You know, everyone criticized um, the Raptors general manager last year for getting rid of DeMar DeRozan and uh, just kind of getting Kawhi Leonard and taking a leap of faith. But now we see how that's paying off. Uh, I mean, the Raptors are in the finals now. Uh, Game one starts tomorrow, eight o'clock, I believe. And it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be great. We're going to get to that in a little bit as well. Uh, But I think, I believe Daryl Morey is in the right right head space right now. I believe that he knows that he can't get over the hump with these guys. Uh, James Harden is not I'm not, I'm not going to say James Harden is not the answer in order to win a championship because I believe down the line that he will in, in turn get a championship, but I don't think it will be with the Rockets, especially with this team and the setup that they have going right now. Mike D'Antoni is a great coach, but we see D'Antoni only run the pick and roll. We see D'Antoni not being – D'Antoni, I don't believe, is a is a championship-caliber coach, and Kobe Bryant talked about it on his show on ESPN called Detail where he doesn't believe the Rockets can win a championship – with this kind of this kind of offense flowing, um, so Daryl Morey, I mean, best of luck to you making these moves. I would love to see somehow, some way, the Los Angeles Lakers end up with LeBron James, uh, James Harden, and possibly another starting caliber point guard, maybe Anthony Davis next year. I think that that would be the team that could get through the West, and down the line, James Harden will get himself a championship. But moving into more of the Lakers talk, uh, so today, Rick Bucher of ESPN reported that Kobe Bryant is a fi- is reportedly recruiting Kyrie Irving to the Los Angeles Lakers and uh, it has come down to apparently it's come down to Kyrie Irving choosing between the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers so I'm sorry Knicks fans I mean the Knicks went into this offseason believing that they were going to have Zion Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving we've already lost out on two and now that the fact that Kyrie Irving is choosing between the Nets and the Lakers I mean (laughs) <laughs> it's just, I mean, what what the hell's going on in in New York, for that matter? Uh, I mean, Knicks fans have been devastated for the longest time, and it all started by trading their unicorn in Kristaps Porzingis, because uh, Christoph's Porzingis was going to be the one that changed their franchise, apparently, and he was going to be the face of it. And now, going down the line, I mean, who who really is going to be the guy for the New York Knicks? Um, I mean, you have a you have a roster full of Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr., but these guys aren't going to be the guys that can get you over the hump for plenty of years. And it looks like down the line that these guys are going to be traded in an Anthony Davis trade if the New York Knicks can strike a deal with them. Uh, but going back to the Lakers, I mean, Kyrie Irving reportedly has a house from a house about 20, 30 minutes away from the Brooklyn Nets stadium. Uh, and, I mean, you got your good friend in Los Angeles and LeBron James, so... What what gets me with this is, you know, the Brooklyn Nets already have a starting point guard in D'Angelo Russell, although he is a restricted free agent this year. So it depends what teams think of him. So I mean, you got teams like the Phoenix Suns and the Orlando Magic who have cap space to throw at someone uh, who is a free agent, and they they both need point. I mean, the the Phoenix Suns need point guard help more than anything. So I believe that the Phoenix Suns could throw a a b- very big offer. At D'Angelo Russell and it's going to be up to the Brooklyn Nets to match that offer because he is a restricted free agent so if the Brooklyn Nets don't feel like a, a big $100, $120, $130 million deal is worth D'Angelo Russell I'm not sure if he'll get that much in free agency I don't really know specifically what his value is but if, if the Knicks don't feel like they can they can match something like that or they don't feel like D'Angelo Russell will be able to get them over the hump then the the Nets sorry the Nets the Nets will be kind of lost at, at the point guard position Um, so if, I mean, if you do get someone like Kyrie Irving, who's going to generate a max deal, you're going to let D'Angelo Russell walk and that could change the entire landscape of the NBA, which is really, really good for fans like us. Um, but if, if I'm, if it's in Kyrie Irving's best interests, I know it seems like after the Boston Celtics saga that not many players want to play with Kyrie, especially after the team chemistry just kind of simply went away. Uh, no one really wanted to be with Kyrie. Or uh, no one really wanted to play with him, for that matter. I mean, you got a guy who is going to go out there and shoot 22 shots a night, and maybe make seven or eight. Uh, I mean, he he just he just didn't look like himself in Boston. I'm not sure if he had a lingering injury. I'm I'm not sure if it it had to be his mindset, for that matter, because it seemed like the Boston Celtics and Kyrie Irving just didn't really gel. So I uh, I mean, it's inevitable. It looks like that Kyrie Irving is going to walk from the Boston Celtics. So that leaves another outlier. And what what are the Boston Celtics going to do? moving further in in this entire saga I mean you still have a guy in Terry Rozier but Terry Rozier says he doesn't really want to be back with the Celtics so there's a lot of turmoil going on in the NBA landscape right now that I don't know if teams can bounce back from it um Kyrie Irving I feel like your best interest is going back if you want to win a championship very soon I mean it looks like Kevin Durant is from reports I mean we saw last year with LeBron James, how everyone talked about towards the end of the year, where LeBron James is penciled in to go to the Lakers, the ink's already on the dotted line when it wasn't, Um, and we were seeing the same thing with Kevin Durant this year, where Kevin Durant, he's been getting, these rumors have been going on forever, I mean, Kevin Durant has been penciled into the Knicks from as far as we know since mid-season or early season, so if Kevin Durant, a, a very talented superstar, is leaving the West in order to go to the East, in Kyrie Irving's best interest, it is going to the West because without... I mean, we, we see that the Warriors are 5-0 and without Kevin Durant playing exceptionally well. Without him, we see that they don't really need him uh, with Steph Curry playing in, up to an MVP level. So in Kyrie Irving's best interest, it looks like he should go West. I mean it looks like the west next year is still going to be challenging. I mean, you got the same exact teams uh minus Kevin Durant and if Andrew Russell is able to go to the Suns, I mean, that Western Division gets very very tough. Uh but I mean, you dis- you add Zion to the New Orleans Pelicans and whatever the Pelicans may seem to do with Anthony Davis and they'll they'll be in a rebuild, so I'm not sure how competitive they will be for a playoff spot, but they'll they'll still be a very very competitive team. Um Kyrie Irving go to the Lakers, Lakers need to figure out what they're doing. I mean, uh, into a new conversation, you know, the Lakers turmoil right now is actually incredible. So it's, it's two things for Kyrie Irving right now, whether you go to the Brooklyn Nets and you compete hard, really, really hard. I mean, you still got the 76ers, the Bucks, the Raptors, depending on what Kawhi Leonard does. But I mean, you still have all these big, very good teams in the East and, Kyrie Irving, I feel like, wants to win a championship. He will team up with LeBron and go West, play for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but that's two things he has to think about. you want to compete or do you want to play for a, a team who has actually been disastrous so far this year? Uh, with all the reports coming out that Magic Johnson now uh, was abusing his employees and uh, uh, bullying uh, like verbally. Uh, I mean, the whole Rob Polinka situation. Rob Polinka the other day, actually lied about a Kobe Bryant story to an exact an entire team uh he told a story about how the Los Angeles Lakers were now were going to play the Knicks a couple of uh, many many years ago and he set up a dinner between Heath Ledger and Kobe Bryant after the Dark Knight released except Heath Ledger passed away six months before the Dark Knight are we confused I'm very, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confused. I, I I'm not sure if Rob Pelinka knows what he's talking about. I'm not sure if he really knows what he's doing. Um, but the Lakers are just a really big state of confusion right now. And in order for the Lakers to get better, I mean, it, it's been a whole lot of losing stuff. They have the spotlight on them with LeBron James and Magic Johnson. I mean, you get two very, very reputable guys in in the entire world, and you put them on a team. Of course, media is going to be following them. They're going to be all over them, especially with everything that happened with. The Anthony Davis trade where Magic Johnson told Dell Demps he wanted to keep it quiet and Dell Demps leaked it to the entire uh entire world. I mean you you try you try to trade your entire team for one one guy and maybe something else. Uh, obviously people are going to be like, "Oh, what the hell is this guy doing?" But in order for the Lakers to to get this turmoil and confusion out of the way, I think they need to go sign someone like a Kyrie Irving, or they need to make a move. They they have to make they have to make a big splash and and get back on the winning track. Because the only way you can get rid of all this confusion is to win. And by by winning, it get rid of the media get gets rid of the media saying, "Oh, LeBron James is done. LeBron James is doing this." And you know, one thing that's really making me mad about everybody this year is talking about. How LeBron James there, there people are talking about how LeBron James is not one of the best basketball players in the NBA right now, and it's because they we're watching everybody play. You know, we're watching all these great superstars compete and and play right now, and which is under. I mean, it it just it just kind of gets me because these guys are you know they're they're competing up to high levels. Kawhi Leonard is a great great player, is having one of the best post seasons in NBA history. You know, but we forget what LeBron James did last year in the playoffs how many 40-point games he had, what he averaged, what he did to bring the team like the Cleveland Cavaliers who had a roster of George Hill, J.R. Smith, uh, a poor man's Rodney Hood who wasn't doing what he was doing last year. I mean, these kind of guys were carried by LeBron to go to the finals. I mean, we saw saw the first time in our lives a score-first LeBron James, and we've never, ever seen that before. LeBron is always a player— who makes all of the team, all of his teammates around him, and you know there's a couple times where he had 25 points at halftime, and we never see that out of LeBron. You know all these 40 point games, scoring the ball first, putting the team on his back. We saw in the NBA Finals Game One where J.R. Smith didn't didn't realize. I mean, you guys, you got J.R. Smith like that that didn't even know how many how many points that they had. He didn't even know the score was tied, and and LeBron James is looking at him like, you know what, you know, you, got, you can't win an NBA title with these kind of guys. And right now, the Lakers, I feel like, are in the same kind of state. Uh, LeBron James is really one of the best players of our generation, and I'm tired of the slander that's getting put on his name. Uh, I'm tired of the slander saying Kawhi Leonard's having a better postseason, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. I'm tired of this kind of stuff because LeBron James is one of the best players of our generation, and he needs to stop being talked down upon like he isn't. We're going to take a little commercial break. Uh, You're listening to Land of Grinders, hosted by Stephen Ross. We'll be back after this.
0: Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the Treat Stare intuitive and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles are ah, the happy dance so coming with this group but really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Sachmo is to meet one visit the shelterpetproject.org today adopt brought to you by maddie's fund the humane society of the united states and the ad council listen as a hiring manager i've got to tell you the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate sometimes they're a grad of life meet the grads of life I didn't think I'd like kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. (laughs) I'm going to return the kayak.
1: Can we walk home?
0: How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service.
1: (laughs) Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Welcome back to Land of Grinders. This is Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. So yesterday on Get Up, 8 a.m. ESPN, uh, there was a five-star prospect in the college basketball world. His name is R.J. Hampton. And this guy is one of the top ten prospects of this year. Um, And he was making his college decision. R.J. Hampton made his decision to go play overseas. And usually guys that go play overseas uh, don't really have the grades to get into a D1 affiliate, don't really have, you know, it's just mostly academics. But R.J. Hampton made the decision to go play in New Zealand um, to focus on his basketball career. So what I'm what I'm thinking about this is this is this is a huge step I believe in the college basketball world because you have a guy like R.J. Hampton who could completely turn around a college basketball program and he decides to go play overseas for a team in New Zealand. Um, and he he did an interview actually on Pardon My Take, uh, Barstool, and he talked about how you know he wanted to be kind of a trendsetter you know he, he wants he doesn't want all the distractions between going to class uh all, he wanted the college experience but he didn't want the rest of the college distractions so now him going to New Zealand gets the opportunity to just focus solely on basketball and play the game and I believe this is this is the start of something very very big in the college basketball world I believe that we're going to start seeing more players do things like this until the NBA fix its fixes its broken system the and it NCAA. So the NCAA now, uh, I believe we're going to start hearing things about them from a basketball standpoint. Uh, I mean, the one and done system, it looks like it's going to be done in a couple years. Uh, It looks like players are going to be able to go straight from high school. And I, I believe that the NCAA is completely correct in making players sit out a year. Because when you have these guys coming straight from high school, I mean, these guys are 17, 18 years old, you know, they're not fully mature. I mean, right now we have guys that are in the, I mean, Zion Williamson is 18 years old. He'll be drafted at 18. But having just the maturity and the experience of playing a year somewhere else, um, you know, you have these guys from high school that come into an NBA organization, completely professional. And I believe that it is a great setting for a guy to learn. I mean, you're talking about LeBron James coming in at 18 and learning from guys who are 33. They might not be up to caliber with the play that LeBron James has, but it's still it's still good uh, maturity kind of thing. So I, I I like I like that Zion like these kind of big players have to play somewhere um, and kind of get boast like get matured, get just better as as people. But. You know, you do have all these distractions like going to class. I mean, some of these players they they're not able to work, and they come from poverty, impoverished backgrounds, and so they don't have money to do like what they want. And so, I I believe RJ Hampton made the right decision in going to New Zealand to play basketball, to do his own thing, uh, and, and kind of just focus solely on basketball for the next eight, nine, ten year months, years, whatever. And I I feel like we're gonna start seeing more and more prospects start doing this because. They're, they're going to look at RJ and they're going to say, OK, this kid, you know, there, there's a the college experience is always something that you want to want to kind of feel out as an 18, 19 year old. Definitely, definitely going to be a, a good a good time and a good learning experience. But if your focus is solely on playing NBA basketball and in the pros, then you're going to look, what route can I take in order to get there the quickest and best? What route can I take that'll that'll make me a solely just better basketball player uh from a from a person perspective I mean he's always he's going to be around professionals already we saw Luka Doncic last year get drafted third overall 18 years old straight out of the European League and I mean look what he's done in the NBA he's completely lit it up so for RJ Hampton you know this 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 route is going to make him solely much of a better basketball player and it's going to make his maturing process a little bit quicker um looks like the college system uh, I hate to say it but it's coming to an end I mean unless you start paying these players somehow some way uh it, it's it's a tough situation because you know school costs so much so you're saying all right here's we're foregoing your tuition and pay you and giving you thirty thousand dollars a year to play basketball at our school but at the same time you're not giving enough money for these kids to kind of kind of eat, you know, do live life, you know, they're living like regular college students when in actuality, they're going to be in the NBA and be millionaires next year. So for the college system, I definitely think it needs some tweaking and needs some fixing. Uh, so as far as that goes, I mean, we'll see what happens down the line. But RJ Sam- RJ Hampton, I believe kind of broke the system. And I believe he's going to start being a new new trendsetter. So moving on to an NBA standpoint, uh, the NBA Finals, like I talked about earlier, starts tomorrow. And there's a couple things that come to my mind when I think of the NBA Finals this year. So the Golden State Warriors are playing the Toronto Raptors game one in Toronto tomorrow. And DeMarcus Cousins is actually questionable for game one. Uh, Steve Kerr, I mean, you're, you're doing magnificent without DeMarcus Cousins. There's no need to throw him back into a fire. There's no need to rush him back. DeMarcus Cousins is a really, really big dude. Big, big dude. So there's no point in, in letting someone that just came off a torn quad two games into the playoffs or a game into the playoffs just kind of run, rush into everything. I believe that DeMarcus Cousins, if he can play and he's fully 100% healthy, I believe he should play a couple minutes, but I don't believe the guy should start. I don't believe the guy should be rushed into full basketball activity because, I mean, as you see, you know, Steph Curry's lighting it up. Uh, Draymond Green's playing an all-star caliber level. Uh, something that I thought I would never even say. So, what what what's the point of bringing bringing a guy back like that? You know this guy is this guy is an amazing basketball player. Don't get me wrong, uh, absolutely terrific. But he's going against Marc Gasol. Him and Marcus Gasol have gone gone at it plenty of times. Marcus Gasol is, is a great basketball player. So if you're putting DeMarcus Cousins up against Marcus Gasol one on one already, you know I believe that won't be anything good for him. I believe that he needs to get fully prepared and healthy and, and get into NBA action before you throw him into Game One of the NBA Finals. I don't really think that that makes much sense from the Warriors and basketball perspective. Um, Kevin Durant has been officially ruled out for Game 1, which, I mean, it looks like it's not really that big of a deal at this point. Uh, I mean, the Warriors, like I just said, absolutely terrific. You know, Steph Curry is playing otherworldly, and and I mean, as long as Klay Thompson steps up a little bit, I, I believe the Warriors should win this series, although Kawhi Leonard is playing one of the best Post, has one of the best postseasons of his entire career. I mean, the last time we saw this guy in the postseason, he was actually playing against the Warriors, and they were up 23 until he he messed his ankle up. Uh, after he messed his ankle up, the Warriors came back uh, in the third quarter and actually went on to sweep the San Antonio Spurs. So I, I believe Quiet Leonard actually has has the Warriors numbers, and I think it, I think it's going to go to seven just because both these teams are absolutely terrific. I mean, the Warriors have so much firepower that it will be hard to really stop them. But right now, I mean, who's really gonna guard Kawhi Leonard? Uh, I mean, we saw last series with Kawhi Leonard on Giannis Anakatumpo that he completely he made him he made him look kind of bad. You know, Giannis did not look like himself. We did not see that most dominant Giannis that we that we saw throughout the season. We didn't see MVP Giannis, and that that's what really bugged me about about him too is he didn't. We've seen both MVPs that are in conversation for the MVP right now fall flat on their on their face. Flat on their face this postseason. I mean, if you're going to talk about the third MVP, MVP finalist, which is Paul George, I mean, he had one good game in the playoffs. So what the hell is going on with these guys? As far as as far as I'm concerned, these guys need to be more dominant and step up more in crunch time. Because you can be great throughout the regular season, but if you don't win then when it matters, and what does that really say about you and your entire legacy? I, I want to see. I mean, Giannis already has a lot of work to do. He's 24 years old, bright, bright future. James Harden looks like he could possibly be traded and Paul George won't do that next year. I believe that Paul George is a great basketball player and he won't he won't show up like he did this past year. Um as far as the Warriors still go, you know, Kawhi Leonard, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how he handles all of this all of the media stuff and all of the basketball related activities going into this series. I believe Kawhi Leonard is going to have a dominant series. Um and one question actually was brought up to me today when I was talking to a friend. Um Someone asked me if Steph Curry needs a finals MVP to solidify his legacy. Steph Curry is a three-time champion. Every single time he's won a championship, he's never been a finals MVP. Two Kevin Durant, one Andre Iguodala. For Steph Curry, you can disqualify him for being a otherworldly player for not having a finals MVP, but look what the guy does on the court. The first unanimous MVP ever. Uh, I mean, the guy is simply amazing. Uh, I mean, there's no there's no going by that. The the kid can ball from every single angle. I, I believe that he is the second best point guard to ever play this game besides Magic Johnson. Um, So I, I don't believe that he needs a finals MVP to solidify his legacy as one of the greats because I believe he's already solidified his legacy as one of the greats. Uh, I think Steph Curry is one of the best players to ever play this game and I believe he's, he's the best point guard in this NBA right now especially with Kyrie Irving taking a fall and Damian Lillard you know not showing up in the second round we take a lot we we love to take a lot from immediate action you know we look at these playoffs exactly what I said earlier about LeBron James we look at these playoffs and we we form an opinion on what's going on and what we think about these players and how good that they are but we don't realize we don't take everything into account we don't take what they've done into account we don't take what they what the kind of effect that they bring to the team and to the game into account and I believe that's where people are wrong in in making opinions on basketball Steph Curry you look at what he's done to the Warriors you look at what he's brought to the table from a from a basketball player and the guy is otherworldly so for for people trying to disqualify Steph Curry for saying that in order to become a Hall of Famer, become next level, that you need a Finals MVP, I look at you in your face and I laugh. I think that's completely absurd and stupid because Steph Curry is an amazing basketball player, and there's no, there's no doubt in that, and I don't believe that he needs an MVP in order to, to solidify his legacy. Going off of the other team, back to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, people are starting to ask if Kawhi Leonard is having a better postseason than LeBron James right now. And I laugh in their face as well. I believe that that is completely absurd. You know, Kawhi Leonard is having a great, great postseason. He's having a he's having a run for the ages. Uh, Doc Rivers actually came out on a show on ESPN yesterday, and he said that Kawhi Leonard is the closest thing to Jordan that we've ever seen. And I believe that. You know, there, there's not there's not many other guys that can play defense like Kawhi. There's not many defense that can score the ball like Kawhi and Jordan. You know, they they play they they replicate the same games. Every single night you'd put Jordan on your best player and he'd lock him down. Every single night you put Kawhi on your best player and he'd lock him down. So I see the translations. I see exactly what people are talking about. I think if Kawhi Leonard were to take down the Warriors this year, which is completely possible, you can't count the Raptors out by any means because they are a magnificent basketball team. Um But, you know, if he were to if he were to take the Warriors out this year. I think we I think we have a whole different conversation to put in place. Uh, I think we have a whole different free agency conversation to put in place with Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors because then you got to start thinking about oh is this guy going to leave? And I know he's he's sold on the West Coast. He wants to go. Kawhi Leonard wants to go do his own thing. He wants to play on the West Coast. He it sounds like the Clippers are are the team that is the the team that Kawhi Leonard is going to go to, but. I mean, you pair somebody, you pair Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James up. Who knows what'll happen? Uh, But LeBron, LeBron and Kawhi are are simply are just great, great players. You know, LeBron James last year was otherworldly. So I don't, I, I I don't, I believe that it's stupid to put these two guys into comparison, just because LeBron James. I mean, we we saw what he did: fifty-three points in the finals, two buzzer beaters, swept the number one team in the East last year, Uh, went to Game Seven against Indiana Pacers. A great Indiana Pacers team grit and grind kind of Memphis Grizzlies team with Victor Oladipo who is a great great shooting guard in this NBA and I believe that he will only get better as well Uh, so for LeBron James I mean last year he was incredible Um, Kawhi Leonard wins a championship this year then maybe and, and puts a team on his back wins final finals MVP then maybe we can start having this conversation and maybe I'll say okay yeah you're right You know, Kawhi Leonard actually had a better postseason than LeBron James. But as far as this goes right now, I think it's too early to be talking about um, Kawhi Leonard being better in the postseason than LeBron. Um, But as far as that goes, we're going to take another quick quick commercial break. Uh, You're listening to Land of Grinders, hosted by Stephen Ross. This is Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice here at DePaul Blue Demons.
0: Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Devils.
1: Welcome back to Radio DePaul Sports. This is Landon Grinders. Grinders, um, and so for our last couple segments that I'm going to talk about, uh, we're, since we're in Chicago, you know, we're it's a big now it's a big baseball town. Um, we're going to go a little bit of the Cubs because you know they've dropped two straight against the Astros but they've they've looked semi decent doing it um so this past this past weekend we saw Chris Bryant get injured in a collision between Jason Hayward and uh and himself and so what i'm looking for is i'm looking for both guys to come back healthy because the Cubs actually have been one of the best teams in baseball and this is actually my World Series preview right now is the Cubs versus Astros um but i mean our pitching is absolutely absolutely disastrous you're looking at uh, yesterday. John, John Lester went five and a five point one innings, I believe, and had seven earned runs. These guys need to figure it out. Um, I mean, Dallas Keuchel actually came out and said that he's open to a one year deal, but he wants eighteen million dollars. Uh, I mean, the guy doesn't know how to prorate. I guess he he don't he doesn't want to even get involved in taking a half a deal. He wants the full money for an entire year. Um, for the Cubs' spending situation. I'm kind of curious to see where they'll go and what they'll do, just because I mean, it's talked about all off season that the Cubs had no money, they weren't going to be able to spend anywhere, they weren't going to be able to buy Bryce Harper, which I'm totally okay with because we see what Bryce Harper is doing this year, which is absolutely nothing. I mean, the guy's hitting 240, I believe, and and not doing anything that that puts the Phillies in a direction. I mean, the Phillies are a first in their division, but he's not doing anything that solidifies himself as a as a really really big name he, I mean, he's a big name player in this MLB but he's not giving that effect to an organization so I'm happy that the Cubs didn't go out and spend that money because Jason Hayward is quietly having I believe almost a better year than Bryce Harvard, Harper as far as hitting goes and fielding we already know Jason Hayward is one of the probably the best right fielder uh, fielding wise and one of the one of the best white fielders fielding wise in the MLB so as far as the Cubs go I, I, I what I want to do is I want to figure out what's going on next with them because I believe that they should open up their checkbooks and maybe look at a Dallas Keuchel or, or talk to him a little bit. You know, uh, I mean, the bullpen we, our bullpen has been talked about as one of the worst in MLB, and that's the reason why we are losing so many games. I mean, we saw at the beginning of the year we had guys coming out like like Kyle Ryan. Uh, I mean, guys you've never even heard about touching the field. So, what what I want to see the Cubs do is maybe open up a checkbook. Uh, start talking to maybe Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel. I mean, it's it's reported that scouts are flocking to see Dallas Keuchel right now, uh, kind of hear about, see what he's doing, pitching in simulated games. Um, so I would like to see the Cubs kind of do that, uh, go, after, go after a big-name free agent or maybe start making moves. I know that Madison Bumgarner came out and he put his no-trade list, uh, and the Chicago Cubs were on that list. Uh, but I, I still think you should contact the Giants because, I mean, Madison Bumgarner, like, who do you really want to play for? I know you want to stay in the West Coast. I know you want to stay in in the warm weather. But like, come on, man! Like, do you want to win anymore? Like, what what do you want to do? As long as he doesn't go to the Brewers or the Cardinals, I'm I'm a okay with everything that that will happen. Um, I saw a report today that the Cubs are actually unsure whether or not Ben Zobris will return this season with an injury. And I know Ben Zobris is is aging. Uh, I know he's owed owed a, a good amount of money but I mean the, the guy started off hot but he's been struggling as of lately so I mean if you can get a guy who's a very big competitor and a Swiss army knife in that aspect that can come back in the postseason and, and play for us I believe that that would be a big addition it almost be like the Kyle Schwarber addition in the World Series a couple years ago uh, I mean we need a guy uh, like Ben Zobris no matter what the Cubs have been hitting hitting the the Crap out of the ball lately. They had five home runs when they lost to the Astros. But you know, the reason why we're losing is is this pitching. I mean, in the f- <laughs> a funny stat, but five games in the state of Texas, the Chicago Cubs pitchers are one and four with a seven point eight four ERA, and that goes back to the Texas Rangers series at the beginning of this year. Um, Anthony Rizzo has actually been simply amazing lately. Uh, I believe he hit his his he over the past couple years, his fifteenth home run has always come in mid June, and now it's coming in in the late of May. So that that's a good sign as a guy that's hitting 15 home runs and up into the top leaderboards uh, in hitting. Addison Russell, three home runs in the last four games. Nothing. I mean, uh, you can't ask for a guy to come back and, and give anything more than he has. Uh, I I know his situation has been terrible, and I know what he he did uh, will not be will not be forgiven in any other way. Uh, but I mean, as a baseball perspective, I mean the guy the guy's doing all right. Uh, Tyler Chatwood, can't believe it. I can't believe I'm going to sit here and talk about Tyler Chatwood because Tyler Chatwood has actually been solid as of late. Uh, one game that stands out to me very much so is a couple weeks back when he pitched in a game that went to extra innings. He pitched four four innings and didn't let up a run and had a seven Ks, I believe. So, shout out to you, Tyler Chatwood. I can't believe that you bounced back like you did because in the first in last year. I thought we were going to cut you. I do not. I couldn't believe that you were still on our roster at the start of this year. So, big big ups to you. I'm I'm really happy that uh, Tyler Chatwood's making a big bounce back and coming back and and pitching in a strong way and not letting the doubters get to him because that that's what pitching is more so about. We saw that with you, Darvish, last year and even this year. Um, it was a big mental thing. Uh, you know, the a mental blockage when you're on the mound can really really hurt a player's what what a player does in a game. And so. As long as Tyler Chatwood has has it in his mind that that's not him and he can be a better player for this for this organization and a key player down the line, I believe that there will be nothing but upside for the Cubs um we saw it with you darvish coming into this season where he believed that he wanted he he always had a Japanese translator in the clubhouse that would that would translate between him and the manager or him and the players but we saw this year that you Darvish actually wanted to start speaking English to all the all the players and kind of build relationships with these guys and I believe that's a big step in Darvish's development to becoming more of a starting pitcher I mean the beginning of the season was rocky but he's starting to really get his feet under him he's not he's not looking as terrible as he did at the beginning of the year which is a very good bright spot for the Chicago Cubs organization cuz man he was terrible last year and the beginning of this year so that's all I got for you guys tonight. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is Radio DePaul Sports, a student voyager to Paul Blue Demons. We'll be back at 630 next week. Maybe I'll have my co-host with me, I hope so. Uh, my name is Steven Ross, and have a good night.